0: If you will, open up your Bibles to John 16, and uh, we're going to pick back up here talking about a new way for a new day, Jesus in this set of passages, and I said this, John the 13th chapter, 14, 15, and 16. But truthfully, the 17th does touch on it, but the majority of what we've been teaching on and probably will teach on will only uh, focus on those four chapters. But really, many times, you know, over the years, I've been told the Great Commission, the Great Commandment, how we're to live, what we're to do is in Mark 16 and Matthew 28 and so on. And in reading this stuff, you know, over the years, I just overlooked the fact that Jesus, this whole set of teaching happened in just a couple day period, and he quickly got across to his disciples, actually in these chapters, how to live in his absence. How we are to function in this day and age until he returns, these are the instructions he gave. Now the others could be included to this, but there are some details here that really are nowhere else. You with me? And so turn with me to John 16, and we're going to pick up where we left off last week, John 16, and look at, you know, Jesus leaving, and he keeps making those types of statements, and he makes it again here, and when he makes a statement in John 16:7, he makes a statement that would blow the average person's mind, and maybe even create an argument in somebody. Little do they know they're arguing with Jesus. When he said, in verse 7, nevertheless I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage, John sixteen seven. it's to your advantage that I go away. And in the church world, growing up, you know, meaning when I first got Dedicated my life and started going for it with the Lord, you know I assume it's like that with people here. you have conversations about the Bible on your own and this verse and what does it mean and stuff and this always came up or regularly came up, man wouldn't it have been better to have been alive when Jesus was here on the earth? Nobody's ever heard that in a conversation. oh man if if I was just alive. And I probably would be like, yeah, that would have been great to be here with Jesus. And Jesus said right here, it's better that I leave. So I guess maybe some of our theology has been off sometime. In other words, he said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Well, how can that be? How could it be that it would be better for him to go. Well, he starts to explain what would be the advantage of him leaving. So it means it should be better that he's gone. Did I hear a cricket? Or was that? No, it just got quiet. But I think sometimes we haven't majored on what we should major on in the church. And so we don't recognize, and then we dream of the day that if we could have only lived with Jesus, and think about it, while, he was in his earthly ministry, would it have been awesome to be there? Yes. No doubt about it. I wouldn't argue with that, to be one of the disciples getting to walk with him. That would have been awesome. But he is now a day or two away from being taken captive and then crucified, ultimately. And dying for mankind as a substitute. And he said, It's to your advantage that I leave. Now, why would it be to our advantage? Now, you have to remember this set of scripture right here is explaining how every individual would now live with God. And so now he's saying, I'm leaving, so this is going to be better for everybody till the day I return again. And here is what's going to make it better. He said, if I don't go away, he said, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. Every believer, when they get saved, and this is what makes Christianity so different than any world religion, when we call on the name of the Lord and say, Jesus, be my Lord, so much happens, you have to study to know. Now, when I did it, like I said, you know, September 10th and committed my life to the Lord or rededicated, I was in my room and I said, I give you my life, be my Lord. Something incredible happened. I couldn't write it down. I don't know how to explain it. But it was so profound, I thought, I can't tell anybody. I thought, this will wear off. It'll go away. And then day two, I'm like, I'm not telling anybody. And it was still there. Day three, finally, I decide I'm going to tell some people. And then that was it. Nobody was without knowing at that point. Hey, hey, this happened to me. Hey, this happened to me. And I was about telling people about what the Lord had done for me and how I was saved. And people would ask me all kinds of questions. Well, how do you know? And how do you know this? And I knew it, though. And I didn't care what they said. They could have beat me with a baseball bat and said, well, that can't be true. Confess it's not true. And I would have said, keep beating because it's just true. And I found that something had come in me that changed me from the inside out. And it kept trying to get my attention. I didn't realize it was eternal life and the spirit of God. Now, I believe, according to the Bible, you can be filled to overflowing with that same spirit that you get saved by and comes to live in you. But Jesus was saying this is the advantage that they did not have. Jesus stood with them. Jesus said, go get in a boat. They went in the boat by themselves. And when he sent the multitude away, he didn't go join the multitude, he only joined the twelve. And so when he's saying it's to their advantage, it didn't matter where any of them went. And they, some of them went all over the known and unknown world at that time when he died, and he was with them. But he wouldn't have been if he hadn't left. But how was he with them? How is he with us? Is there a reality to this? And we know there is a reality. And, but if you ignore this and walk and don't live close to God. It can get blurry sometimes. It can. And people who love God gets a little blurry. That's why you got to stay close in your walk. And uh, here, Jesus is about to make some tremendous statements about the day and age we live, about the Holy Spirit, who would take his place on the earth. See, when Jesus left, and we saw this in other places in this teaching, he was going to go to the right hand of God and make you and I acceptable before God. Whoever would receive him would become accepted and acceptable, and he would be our high priest, our representative. We would come in oneness with him, and God would accept us because of him. And then he would put his spirit in us down on the earth. And so Jesus said this concerning his disciples. He's finishing up He's getting ready to leave. And he makes this statement in verse 12. And we'll read verse 12, uh, 13 and 14. But he's been teaching and teaching and sharing for all these years. And then he's laying down all this teaching that's captured in Scripture. And then he said this. He said in verse 12, I still have many things to say to you. That's huge. I still have many things to say to you, and I'm leaving. Could you hold up a minute here and just kind of get some of that across to me? But you know what's so cool about this is Jesus said, I'm leaving, I have much to say to you. He still has stuff and lots he wants to speak to us about. And individually and corporately and to the world And he said, I still have many things to say to you. But if I have many things to say to you, and we don't have a cell phone that connects from heaven, because he kept saying, I'm going to be with the Father. I'm going to be at the right hand of the Father. And uh, how do you communicate? Do we get a long string and a can up there? And it's like, you know, they might get all tangled, you know, with a bunch of cans up toward heaven and him throwing cans down and you walking around with a can. Can you hear me now? That wouldn't work. So he spoke these words to help us to know the way he's going to communicate to us in his absence, which is to his and our advantage. Notice this in verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. In other words, you're not ready to hear some of it. But... However, verse 13, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, literally of His own accord or His own compulsion. But whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify Me, verse 14, For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Isn't it interesting the work of the Holy Spirit is to communicate to your spirit the things of God. The things that directly come from the Lord himself in heaven. And he said, this is how it's going to occur in my absence. We're all going to come into an intimate relationship with the Lord by the Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting, he didn't just say things to fill a page. He was super purposeful in what he said. Matter of fact, one time Jesus said, I don't say anything unless I hear my Father say it. So everything that's in these verses is said on purpose for a purpose. And so what was one of the first things he said in verse 13? However, when he, notice this phrase, the Spirit of truth how many people lie he won't lie if he speaks to you if he deals with you you can trust you can rely on what he's saying but he's called the spirit of truth and when he has come he will guide you he will guide you into who he is truth He will guide you into all truth. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the, not a, the truth, and I am the life. What direction is the Holy Spirit going to lead you to? Jesus, who he is, and if he works with us, which we saw, to reach the world, he's going to guide them to Jesus too. He's going to work and endeavor to make him known. And he said he will guide you into all truth. And then notice, for he will not speak on his own authority. He just doesn't say what he wants to say. He speaks what he hears. Have you ever passed on a message and I say, now go tell them this. And then all of a sudden, somehow somebody's doing something you didn't say. You say, oh, I thought you told them this. Well... Yeah, I told him that. Would you sell many? Well, I told him that. This too, the Holy Spirit doesn't do ands. He only does what he hears. He doesn't go and I thought it'd be good for me to give you this word too. He is only communicating the things of God to us. Notice he will not speak of his own authority, and whatever he hears, he will speak. So he's hearing. I mean, he's the ultimate go between. He's hearing. He's hearing. He's hearing what Jesus wants to speak to us, and he is communicating. He is hearing. He is communicating. So then we need to know that the Holy Spirit taking the place of Jesus is vital for me. When people say, I don't understand the Holy Spirit and this, what is this Holy Spirit and what is this? There are a lot of voices in the world, but the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. And we need to recognize what He's communing. He's listening And he's speaking. He's listening and he's speaking. But is he listening in the natural realm? And is he speaking in the natural realm? Or is he hearing what God is saying in the spirit? And speaking to people's spirits or endeavoring to get information over to people in their spirit? If this is what he said is to our advantage, or one of the things of him leaving, then we need to take advantage. In the day and age we live, people say all kinds of things, you know, they, because, you know, spiritual stuff, you know, we have fortune telling, we've got all kinds of different stuff out there, and they're different spirits. We know they're not this spirit, the Holy Spirit because in the Bible there were times people were practicing those things, and through the name of Jesus they'd break the power of that evil spirit, and then they couldn't do anymore what they had been doing. And so they had been speaking, and they were not permitted to go any further. That tells us there are unclean, evil things in the world. If they were back there then, they're here today. We shouldn't be thinking what's going on in the world. We should know we live not only in a world that's seen. The news tries to interpret stuff and come up with good reasons why so-and-so did what he did, and we don't know why. And it's not about guns. It's not about this. It's not about that. There's an unseen world and there is a spiritual nature and then there's a heart nature or heart issue in people that can be manipulated by unseen forces when people haven't gotten saved or taught themselves in the word or been taught. And then people can do all kinds of crazy things and the world will even tell them, "Well, it's okay to do this and okay to do that, but they're not being guided into truth by the Spirit. And we need to know there's an unseen realm. If we're ignorant of the unseen realm, we're going to miss out on a whole bunch. And we're going to come to weird ideas. But there's nobody who doesn't believe in an unseen realm. Because there have been times some, just some wild stuff has come to your mind. That you had no way, you know, You just, I'm going to go on vacation, I'm going to go look at the beauty of the land and see all this, and you get up to near the edge and all of a sudden there's just a pressure that goes, jump, just jump. Nobody's ever had a thought like that before? You're not special for having one, Jesus had that thought. You knew that, right? When he was tempted of the devil, the devil said, throw yourself off. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I've had that thought before. I just didn't want to say it at first, but since Jesus did, well, what do you do with things that come from the outside? There's an unseen realm that's trying to push. Well, we push back. We resist, and we're not on our own. We've got a spirit of power. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive power, love, self-control, sound mind, sometimes we've just been trained to yield to stuff that we should be going, no, no. And not like walking through the store going, no, no, no. Because people are going to go, whoa, what's going on there? Especially people who don't know. But one thing I want to look at here, and maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't, is the world teaches, you know, that, There's good force and bad force and good energy and bad energy. They just don't know. And so they'll talk about... And people will even say this concerning the Holy Spirit. They'll call Him it. Did you receive it? And and I don't mean to be mean if somebody said it that way. I'm not trying to be mean. But there is a thought here that we're going to reread these verses... And maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't, but it's good to understand that uh, this Holy Spirit is not in it, not just some force or some energy out there, you know, that's just kind of blowing around like a cloud, you know, and some mystical whatever. No, this is the third person of the Godhead. This is God Notice this now that we have made those statements, and let's read again. Verse 12, I still have... Now, if Jesus said I, we know that's personal. That's identifying him as a person, right? I, right? I mean, don't try to force me on this. I'm not an English expert. But if he said that, we would acknowledge, you know, me... Some person talking. Some entity. I still have many things to say to you, but you, I, you, I have things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, not it, he, the Holy Spirit has come, he, will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but at whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will. And I didn't add any of those. You know, God put those in there you like, man, how many of those did you write in? No, they're written right in there for us. For he will take of what is mine and declare it unto you. You received he, him, the Holy Spirit. As much as Jesus is God, the Holy Spirit is God. He's the third person of the Godhead. One God manifests in three persons. He's not some in person probable, some kind of force. So when you have dealings in here, and you have promptings inside, and you sense things rise up, you know this is interconnected to Him who is now in you. So how I respond to Him is how I'm responding to God. Notice this. Eight times He called Him Him right there. Or He One time he called him his or said his. So nine times he mentions him as not just some force or an influence. So when he comes in you, who's coming in you? Jesus made statements like this uh, right after he taught this. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And then they watched him get caught up into the clouds wait a minute, I'll never leave you, to say it a different way was, then I'll always be with you, and then it said he was received up out of their sight, and gone, gone, what did he just say, what just happened here, didn't he say, I'll never leave you, you know, in Matthew 20, uh, lo, I'll be with you. And Matthew 28, I mean, the very last thing, lo, which is right there, right at the end, very last, lo, I'm with you always. And then it said, he's received up out of their sight. Say, what? I mean, you'd think some, some of the disciples might have looked just like what you guys are looking like. What just happened? Did did I catch something wrong? But you got to remember, he had just got done teaching this stuff. So they knew he was leaving, but he would be with them. But how would he be with us? Turn to 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. And you'll notice an interesting statement here. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit receiving the life of God, the ability of God, the glory of God in our lives, the power of God. And in verse 16, 2 Corinthians three sixteen it says, Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Well, if you read in the context, the veil is, uh, when they would read the Scriptures, they really wouldn't see what was there. It just didn't make sense. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil that covered and made it so we didn't get to see the Scriptures like we should, disappeared. Just, just disappeared. And he said in verse 17, Now, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is Freedom. Well, there's freedom in many ways, but one way is to see the truth that makes a person free. This is why when you hear the word by the Spirit, all of a sudden it's super enlightening. It's like, this is different. And then not only that, when you're hearing, not with just these ears, but way down on the inside... Like even when we were talking about salvation earlier and said, you know, I'm saved, and all of a sudden something rises up, and you're like, "Woo! why am I excited? Because it's coming from Him who's in you. You with me? And so, He is called the Spirit of truth, and notice, He said the Lord is the Spirit. He's not some random something The Holy Spirit in you is just as much as God being in you as God is in heaven. And so he's in us. And remember, he's our present day guide. And he's called the spirit of truth. Turn to John 17. What is his primary role? Well, we saw that he wants to help us reach the lost. He'll deal with people. He's preparing people right now. If you'd be willing to reach someone and just make yourself available, God will guide you to people He's been dealing with. Because He cares about the world, and one of the present roles of the Holy Spirit is He will start dealing with them. And there's good people out there that need to know the Lord. And there's bad people out there that need to know the Lord. And there's in-between people out there that need to know the Lord. And there's people we may think, well, they don't need to know the Lord. They need to know the Lord. You with me? And so he's called the Spirit of truth who will guide you into all truth. Remember he said the veil would be done away with in the reading of the Scripture there? Notice this in John 17, verse 17. Now remember, He'll guide us, the Spirit will guide us into all truth. In truth is freedom, in lying or non-truths is bondage. No matter how somebody says, well, it's okay to do this and it's fine to do this now, if it's not the truth and if it's of a lie, it promotes bondage. And though some people will justify their own means for doing what they do, it won't lend toward freedom. It won't lend to fullness of life. But the truth does, and he's called the spirit of truth. And we know this, the Bible said all scripture is being given by inspiration of God. God, by his spirit, inspired people to write what's in this book. And here is the interesting side. He's called the spirit of truth and he'll guide us into all truth. Notice John 17, 17. Jesus is praying here. Right before he's getting ready to leave, he said, he said, sanctify or set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. Where's the Holy Spirit going to guide? In the area of the word. He wants to make this book so different to you, you see it, respect it, reverence it, like it's God's book alone. And it's full of the truth. And He will do that work. And you won't just know it in your head. and You may not hear it from the world, but you'll hear it from Him. And it may not be a voice, but it'll be a knowing. Because one of the ways the Spirit guides us Is by knowing. Now I do want to say this. Every direction that anybody ever receives from the Lord. Will never lead them outside of the word of God. Will not lead them outside the word of God. The word of God was inspired by the spirit. And if he's the spirit of truth. He's not speaking lies. Changing his mind. And so, that being said, he's not going to guide any individual apart from the Word. Some people just like their own way of thinking. And so, if I want to cooperate and learn to walk with the Spirit, you know where a good place to start would be? Right in the Word of God. By reading the Word, by being attentive to hear, hear, Because we're teaching by the Spirit we believe. And so, He will guide us here. Why would He guide you here? Why would He guide you to have a relationship with God the Father, once you've given your life to Jesus, with His written Word? He said the Word is truth, and He said set them apart by your truth. But Jesus said this even to the religious people of His day. He said, when you come to know the truth, the truth will make you free. Lies are the things that bring tangling, mental tangling, and bondage to people. You with me? That's why we have to contend for the truth, and the Spirit will guide you into the truth. This is the most valuable thing in the earth right here, is this book. He said, well, Jesus is, no, we wouldn't even know him without this. And we wouldn't know him correctly. you get all kinds of opinions. So God inspired these things to be here by the Spirit, and now he'll help unveil these things to us. You know, he loves us and wants us to walk in more freedom, but he wants us to be one who reaches people too, so they can enter into the original freedom we came to know. You with me? And so Jesus basically here is teaching us, you can have a relationship with the Father by the Spirit when you receive me. And people need to recognize the Holy Spirit is way down in your core when you get saved. And when you call on the Lord, He comes in. Can you get filled with the Spirit to overflowing? Absolutely. And you can, it's real easy really for a believer to get filled If they would just ask and just thank the Lord, he'd start filling them from the inside out. And then they would speak forth in an unknown tongue. You'd have to do the speaking, but he'd do the filling. But the fact of the matter is for every believer, he is in you. And he'll guide you if you'll listen. When I first got saved, and I'll close with this, I had heard, you know, the Holy Spirit speaking. He's always speaking, he's speaking, he's speaking. So I just wanted to hear something out here with these ears. And uh, because I would hear people talk, well, he said this and he said this. I came to find out that some of what they were saying was him, wasn't him. But I found out you can know way deep down inside where the Bible said his spirit bears witness with your spirit. You ever notice when you hear something from God... And you're like maybe reading a verse and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, that didn't go off in your head. That went off way down inside. We need to follow that.